Well, a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live on this Feast of Santa Lucia, St. Lucie, the 13th of December. And uh, Cheryl's on her way, running a little late, but uh, she'll be here shortly. If she'll be joining me today. We have a, a lovely program lined up for you today. Coming up uh, later this hour, uh, we're going to be joined by our friend Deacon Anthony Seo with his Senior Spirituality segment. And uh, also, uh, we're going to play Saint of the Day. Jim's here with the weather forecast. Next hour, uh, Father Gary Koch will be doing the reflection on Sunday's gospel reading, the third Sunday of Advent. Uh, also, uh, Maggie Green, who's written a book called The Saint Monica Club. And um, it's a book to help you deal with and how to, how, to, how to bring back those loved ones that have been away from the church. And uh, we know I've shared with uh, listeners all week long. Um, one of the most common prayer requests we get on a regular basis is please pray for our adult children who have left the church and been away from the church. So we're going to talk with uh, Maggie Green and talk about that book. And also, uh, friends, we have a lot of uh, Christmas music today since we are getting closer and closer to Christmas music, and um, we want to be able to share that with you as well. So um, let's begin uh, by praying and uh, ask you, please, I spoke with... um, Hello. Bus got in. <laughs> the bus has arrived. Sorry, everyone. Huh. Busy day. Very busy day. <laughs> and loads of traffic. Yeah. And terrible rain, but we'll Is wait it raining for the weather. Now? Oh, okay. man, it's I have been outside. Nasty. Um, I did, I don't know if you saw the email I sent to you. I, I sent did. To the board. Oh, um, my. Got an email from Maria's uh, dad. They were taking her down to the hospital today because... Um, She's been experiencing uh, very bad headaches and some fogginess and for the past few days. So anyway, we're just going to keep her in prayer. We've been praying for her for uh, almost a year now. And um, just want to let you know that, that right now they're at the hospital. So we'll keep uh, Maria and her family in our prayers today. Uh, let's begin, my friends. We pray the Advent prayers, and we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, Master of both the light and the darkness, send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas. We who have so much to do seek quiet space to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We are your people, walking in darkness yet seeking the light. To you we say, come, Lord Jesus. And we'll pray our prayers to St. Michael and also to the Blessed Mother, uh, as our Holy Father requested, to pray uh, to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, Cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we'll pray the prayer for the beatification of Mother Maria Kalpasen today in a very special way. Uh, pray for her intercession. Um, you know, her, her Maria's dad and his text to me as they were taking her down to the hospital said just pray to the lord that he heal her today mm. just pray for healing just pray for healing because it's a horrible thing to see your child anyone you love but especially a child in pain and uh, 
suffering. And to be helpless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll pray this prayer for the beatification of Mother Maria Calpas, and then we'll pray for Maria. O loving Jesus, we beseech you, grant that your servant, Mother Maria, who is imbued with your Eucharistic presence while on earth, may through the intercession of your Immaculate Mother and St. Casimir, be glorified by visible signs and miracles, so that for your glory and the salvation of souls, she may by your power be declared blessed. Amen. Amen. Gracious God, we praise and thank you for your faithfulness and love. You've blessed us with the example of your servant, Maria Calpas, whose deep faith in your presence, love for the Eucharist, and zeal in fostering the faith life of others continue to inspire us. Through her intercession in a very special way today on this Feast of St. Lucy, in this beautiful season of Advent, we ask for a complete and total healing of our friend Maria. Help us to continue life's journey with a heart filled with a profound faith in you and that trust which is born of love. And we ask this through Jesus our Lord and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray pray for for us. us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray pray for for us. us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, in a very special way, Santa Lucia. Mm -hmm. Santa Lucia. Ogie la festa di Santa Lucia. And all those afraid of cataract surgery, do it. Hmm. (laughs) That's right. So anyway, uh, we're happy you're here. And if you are listening live... At uh, 4.05 on this uh, uh, December 13th, you can also watch the program. We're coming to you live on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Domestic Church Media. Also live on our Facebook page and video, facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media. We're also streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org, as well as audio on all the other platforms uh, that we're on, uh, the uh, streaming audio, Amazon Alexa device, the Google Home device, and of course our very special Domestic Church Media mobile app. Mm -hmm. There almost needs to be a quiz. Can you name all the uh, social media apparatus? And no, more so than, but for people like me, a class. Can you imagine the local library or something doing a one or two hour, this is what it's all about and this is how it all works and links and doesn't communicate or connect or not. I could use something like that. So if anyone's out there listening... Well, you you know, it's, I, that's really, this is how I spent my day today, just kind of updating all, uh, all, all of our platforms. podcasts and all of our platforms. Everything was just getting all the audio up and getting the video up and editing and all the other stuff that, that, that are sitting in my office. Luckily, I can sit in my office and do it all from my, my laptop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to be here in the studio necessarily. But um, anyway, so it's all done. People can listen, can watch and see right. all this. And you're feeling better. A little bit better. People have been asking. Lot. You have the hacking cough. A little cough. bit better. Definitely on the... On the mend. Everybody seems to know about this cough. I mean, not you personally, but no, just but, the cough in general. Right. Yeah, and I'll get a text. and People and will say that it's been... So if you've been coughing for a while, you want to text us, let us know how long you've had the cough. I know. Uh, 609-493-8255. 609-493-8255. Have you had the cough? I'm about done with it, but, I, but people tell me there's still a few weeks to go. Really? So I don't know. Now... If, and how do you know it's all the same thing? Thanks be to God, I haven't gotten it. A miracle. <clears throat> I had a cold see. prior to you, but yeah. mine was just a head cold. And then how do you determine? Is it viral? Is it bacterial? Do you need the antibiotic? Do you not? You know, whether you take it or not, in 10 days, you're going to feel better. So I don't know. I, I can't quite figure you it out. You were hacking there for a while. Though. Oh, boy. And, and still, <laughs> I, I will go Not as bad, fits. though. No. No, you were really. So pardon me if I jump off the chair. It's not like it sounded like your head was going to explode when you were oh. 
Not like I saw a mouse, but if I'm going to have a fit of coughing, I will move away from the microphone. Speaking of mouse. I saw this. Was that on Facebook? <laughs> Terminex man was here yesterday. And he checked, you know, we had, we, had, we had some vermin that we got rid of, you know, last winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terminex came in and they put traps all over the place and stuff. And then we haven't had any issue. There's been no... And he came yesterday and he checked all the traps and no, no, no activity in the building. But I went up my door outside my office to pour out some coffee that was cold. And uh, <laughs> right there at the bottom of my door was this dead mouse just oh. laying there. It, it didn't even look like a field mouse. It looked like somebody's pet mouse, like brown and white. Somebody left you a gift. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Luca Brazzi sleeps with the mice. <laughs> so it's still out there. I don't know what to do with it. I guess it'll decay, eventually go away. I'm hoping that an animal will come eat it. Sure, it'll be one of those deer will come and have it for it. None of the deer eat mice, do they? I have no idea. Raccoons do. What? They'll eat dead, dead animals. They'll eat mm-hmm. decaying animals. Something in these woods will eat it. Come out tonight, eat it. Yeah. <laughs> eventually, it'll start to put off an aroma, I would imagine. Yeah. And the animals will scent it. Like your cat. Every time I take out roast beef, your cat comes to the kitchen. Your Aww. cat can sense roast beef. Do you know that? No. More so than turkey. The roast beef kind of drives it crazy. And I was I, making a roast beef sandwich today to bring for lunch, and it, it comes in and looking at me. Yeah, I, They're not really even supposed to have table food. Well, I don't give them any. <laughs> I know you wouldn't. <laughs> you might give them some. Uh, okay, so let's. Uh, we have uh, Deacon Anthony coming up in just a moment or two, and he's going to be uh, bringing us his uh, monthly spi- senior spirituality segment. Uh, we are going to play Saint of the Day a little later on this hour. And then also Father Gary Koch joins us next hour with a gospel reflection. And we're going to play, uh, well, I said play Saint of the Day this hour. And then we're going to actually, we're going to talk about that Mary Did You Know song. We're going to talk about oh, everybody does this, Mary Did You Know. But they're not supposed to. And it to. seems to be a favorite. And I will left and right see a concert advertised or read about something that happened the other week. And it's always included no matter where. Mm-hmm. No matter where and by who. Yeah. And I have, I have an an, we have answers for that. We do. Long, I mean, when that first song first came out, you it's got to be 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I heard it, we were watching television. It was some army sergeant singing it. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful melody. Right. But I said, well, that's not right. Well, there's a difference between, you know, songs that are attractive because they're beautiful and they're kind of religious. But if you really look at it liturgically and you're trying to say is it is it correct yeah. according to the teachings of the faith well that's a different story and that's why they don't have us sing it for church and people will come up to me oh you know what song your choir would sound great doing is mary did you know and mm. i thought oh i'm not going to get into a dissertation about this right. right now but there's plenty of information about mary knowing and not knowing oh yeah i mean the, the whole idea of the song mary did you know well the angel told her yeah you're going to be the mother of, of, of god so she knew but there's more to there's more to that even in the, the song lyrics that I, I broke it down. Right. But we'll we'll get mm-hmm. to that later on. Let's take a break. We have some Christmas music for you. I have Bing Crosby lined up. Oh boy, you got to it before <laughs> I, I do. But I also have I also have because I've been making some more Christmas sets too while I was doing my my work. Um, the Oxford Trinity Choir. Now that's classy. You know who they are? Oh, of course. Oh, you've heard of them? Of course. I never heard of them. <laughs> Out of England. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, anyway, so we'll have some of them queued up too. So beautiful. All right, so we'll take a break, musically uh, speaking, and be back in just a bit with the Deacon Anthony. So stay where you are, friends.
friends and uh, joining us now with his senior spirituality segment is our dear friend from the Diocese of Camden, Deacon Anthony Seo. Deacon, welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to be here to see both of you today. Yes. I am so I'm so blessed to be with both of you. Thank you very much for <laughs> oh having me. Oh my god. So I'm glad to finally meet you in person. I always hear the voice, but I um, never really got to meet you. And and now I'm I'm wondering why senior you don't look like a senior. So I actually just turned 67. So I'm I'm getting there, and uh, for those of you who hear my voice now, you you've not met me. So did you expect someone tall and with lots of hair? Because what you got <laughs> is someone short and with no hair. <laughs> that's the beauty. That's the beauty of radio. That's right. We that's all exactly have right. So so let's just say that I didn't just say that. So all of the listeners out there can think that I'm very tall with lots of hair. <laughs> there you that's go. Right. <laughs> that's right. Unfortunately, now we put we do put pictures out on the on the internet and everything. So we, they Everybody know what a handsome see. man you are. Oh, that's right. too kind. Yeah. I think well, you need to get a confession for uh, that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, happy Advent. We're happy to have you here. Uh, and uh, so, what do you have in store for us today? Normally, I don't put a title on my talks because there are things that go in a lot of different directions. But if I had to place a title on what I'm going to speak about today, mm-hmm. it would be 
letting everyone understand that the work of Jesus, the work that Jesus calls us to do, does not stop because we're seniors. As a matter of fact, we have a challenge, and the challenge is that we really need to even work harder as seniors. So just because you've retired from your secular work, just because you can relax a little bit more, Mm. doesn't mean you've retired from the important things that God calls us to do. Because God calls us, Jesus calls us, the Holy Spirit calls us to share our faith with others. Mm -hmm. We have to do it. It's not one of those things that we say, you know what, I feel like doing it. We're called to do it. Mm -hmm. It's a demand. So let me put that in perspective for everyone, if I can. We know that we're told that we're to love God and we're to love our neighbors. We're to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Then we're also told we need to go out and teach all nations, baptizing them and teaching them everything that our Father has taught us. St. Paul really puts kind of an exclamation point on that Mm -hmm. because he says to us, woe to me if I do not teach the gospel. So again, it's not just a matter of, you know what, I'll do it when I can. No, we need to do it. So with that understanding in mind, with the understanding that as seniors, our need to bring our faith to others doesn't stop. It really gets stronger. Just recently, the bishops of the United States got together, and they got together, and they talked about what the priorities were going to be for the coming year. They elected a new head of the U.S. Uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops, and it's uh, Archbishop Gomez, and I believe from Los Angeles. And here's what he said. Top priority for the bishops is evangelization. Wow. Mm. For him to say, of all the things that we need to be concerned with, top priority for the bishops is evangelization. And if it's a bishop's priority, it certainly is our priority mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So it's sharing our faith with others. And again, we Catholics don't really like to do that all that much. Okay, we'll talk about restaurants, and we'll talk about movies, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about all these other things that are so important to us. But when someone says, tell me about your faith, we go, Okay, and what you can't see is I just kind of locked up my lips Mm -hmm. because we don't want to talk about it. Well, seniors, I've got news for you. It's easier for us to talk about it because people kind of let us say what we want to say. You know, many times people will say, you know what, I'm not going to I'm not going to get involved in an argument there. Let me listen, because uh, there there is some wisdom that comes. Mm -hmm. And that's the state that we're in. That's the place Mm -hmm. that we're in. So as seniors, we have this challenge. We need to share our faith. Why is it so important? Well, you know, you guys have probably seen or heard the statistics about the number of people there are in the United States who are now categorized as nuns, Mm -hmm. N-O-N-E-S. Those people who, when asked, what is your faith? They will check off the box that says none. What is your religious affiliation? They check off the box that says none. The number is growing and growing, right? Yes. It's a concern. Oh, indeed. It's a concern for a lot of reasons, but it's a concern because we have young people who have such need for the faith, and yet secular society just moves them in such a wrong direction. It's a shame. Mm -hmm. It is. So it's not just the role of the bishops to put evangelization as number one priority. 
It's not just the role of young people to put evangelization on the play. It's the role of the people who are listening, who are seniors, like myself, who have some knowledge to share. Mm-hmm. And it's our role to share our faith, and we need to do it, and we need to do it very, very strongly. At this particular conference of, of uh, Catholic bishops recently, we also heard from Bishop Barron. And Bishop Barron, who's just an amazing, amazing man, um, Bishop Barron says that there are five things that we could be doing to help bring the nuns back into the church. Mm-hmm. And when you read them, it talks about young people, young people, young people. And I looked and I said, well, you know what? Those, that's true. But if we just change the word from young person to senior or mm-hmm. older person or any age mm-hmm. person, all these things still apply to any single one of us who can share our faith with others. Any age. Any age at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to share with you what those uh, five sure. things are that Bishop Barron said that we should be doing. Absolutely. See how they resonate okay. with us. And I want everyone to get out their pen and paper because there's going to be a quiz. <laughs> there's going to be a quiz. Uh, oh, jeez. Now, now, now I'm shaking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this is of utmost priority. And so I'm, I'm going to, on that point there, I'm going to say, uh, Deacon, let's not rush through. And if we do need to, uh, let's maybe continue next month with it if, if we don't get through it today. That is a great idea because mm-hmm. I do think that this is this is a topic. Right, very important kind of have, have a little more conversation right and if i can say how timely it is because advent many of the churches many of the catholic periodicals or facebook is you know come back to church return home advent is that season of hope mm-hmm. that season of invitation yeah. come with me we're having an Advent prayer service. Mm-hmm. Come with me. We're having lessons and carols. Oh, what is that? Well, just come. You don't have to go directly to the Gregorian Mass or something. Right, right, right. You know, there's a lot of opportunity to come. There's confession. There's, you know, parish missions. So it, there is a lot of opportunity to invite somebody during the season as they get excited for Christmas. Maybe, like, the the picking is ripe, yes, you know? Yes, yes, yes. I think your point is so well taken. And as we hear these things, we could put them in that context. How do we integrate these five things in things that we're doing for Advent or mm-hmm. things that we'll do for Lent or mm-hmm. things that we'll do in mm-hmm. ordinary time? How do we create this focus mm-hmm. that we can on evangelization, mm-hmm. sharing our faith with others? I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. First thing he mentions— Mm-hmm. He says, we recommend that people become more involved in the work of justice. Justice resonates with young people mm-hmm. okay, very, very much. It resonates with young people. W- one of the reasons they say that, that people leave the church, at least young people, they say, I never saw the face of Christ in other people. Mm-hmm. I hear you tell me, I hear you flapping your lips about what we should be doing, mm-hmm. but I'm not seen the face of Christ. I've not seen it in your actions. Um, I read I read a quote recently, and it was great. It said, um, your actions are speaking so loudly that I can't hear your words. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. How do we then show people our church in action, mm-hmm. our church in action helping other people? Those words social justice, it, you know, it, it, it takes on so many connotations, but let's just look at it from the standpoint of how do we help other people? Mm-hmm. How do we help those people that are in need? So when we say that this is a good way for us to get young people to, to, to know about the church, who better than to teach young people about service than those of us who are older, mm-hmm. okay, who have had struggles in life, 
and we could talk about how the church came to our aid, mm-hmm. who have had difficulties, and we could talk about how the church pulls us out of those difficulties. Mm-hmm. We could talk to them about how they can go out and help others, help the homeless, help those who are in need, help women who are having difficulties. We stand to be able to bring so much information to others. So how do we address it? Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at our parishes and let's see what they're doing to help others. Mm-hmm. Let's get involved. Mm-hmm. Or let's see what they're not doing to help others. Okay, And knock on the pastor's door and say, <laughs> and not say, pastor, here's what I think you should do. Knock on the pastor's door and say, pastor, here's something I noticed we could be doing. Mm-hmm. And here's how I would like to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Here's how I like to, like to organize it. Here's how I like to plan it. You have, nothing, you have so many other things to do, pastor. Mm-hmm. Let me work as your hands and feet in getting this done. Right. Right. What right. pastor is going to say no to that? <laughs> right. right. As long as someone else is going to exactly. do the groundwork. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest struggles we have is that people do that, right? And yes. And say, "Here's what I think you should do. Right. You need to be doing this." That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That's like when I was, I was thinking whenever I hear that is when when the uh, the apostles say to the Lord with all the with the five thousand. They have nothing to eat. You give them something to eat. Right, you right. do it. That's exactly <laughs> right? right. He turns it right back that's on. That's right. Yeah. And that's and that's what you know. Unfortunately, sometimes uh, our, our parish leadership doesn't want to do that because they think it's harsh. Mm-hmm. But it really isn't. If Jesus did it. Well, it's good enough for Jesus. Yeah. Good enough for us. Right? <laughs> commission them to go out and do it. That's, <laughs> that's right. right. I commission right. you. That's right. Do it. Those are some things, and that we could be doing. So it's a matter of looking at what's happening right now. Get involved in it, show your talents with it, or look at what's not happening and say, here's what I could do to start that to make that work. So I think that's a that's a great one. It will help us help the church mm-hmm. to bring those nuns back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like this one so much. Next one he says is, to bring back people to the church, we need to focus and lead with beauty. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so abstract, right? It sounds yeah. so abstract. Mm-hmm. Here's what he's talking about. Look at the beauty of the Catholic Church. Look at the beauty of the Catholic faith. Mm. First, look at our architecture. My gosh, our architecture is beautiful. How do we explain and bring young people to look at our architecture and see how it honors God? Mm-hmm. And that's just a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, our music, yeah? whether it be traditional Christian music or young contemporary Christian music, how do we bring people to see the beauty of that music and the message that it brings us to? How do we bring people to see the beauty of what it looks like when we help someone? The last thing we were talking about, but when we help someone, mm-hmm. we are seeing the beauty of God's work with other people. So it becomes a challenge and a task to devote ourselves to looking at what is the beauty of the Catholic Church and how can we bring people to that beauty? Mm-hmm. We bring to the beauty of the teaching, the beauty of the architecture, the beauty of the good works that we do, the beauty of the music, mm-hmm. the beauty of everything that is Catholic. If we're able to do that, we're able to show people, again, not the words, not flapping the lips, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're able to show people the beauty that comes in our Catholic faith. That's the second one. So the first one we had was getting people involved in social justice and helping other people. Mm-hmm. And then showing others the beauty of the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe if we can we maybe pause there and continue with the other three next month? I'm just going to kind of wrap up these the, 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 today's segment, and then we'll, you know, we're a little out of time, time, unfortunately, for this segment. So 
maybe you're just going to wrap this up, and then we'll continue next month with the with the remaining three. About I that. think that is absolutely fantastic. That's Plus, wonderful. it gives me the opportunity to definitely come back in, that's, see your smiling faces, that's, that's and, right. and be able to speak to, speak to your But you know, as you're just saying that, and, and we're talking about people who um, go to the pastor and say, "This is this is some things we could we could be doing." I have volunteers here at the apostolate and, and uh, retired women, young retired women. I mean, you know, who are always look. They say, "Give me yeah. something to do. Right. I want to do something. I'm not working anymore. I have all this time on my hand." I want something to do. It's not like the old days where you retire and it's going to fade away into the right. sunset. Mm-hmm. People are still active and want to remain active. Mm-hmm. Young, they're young mentally. Mm-hmm. They're vibrant physically. Right. Okay, in many cases. Mm-hmm. And yes, yes, give those talents. It's it's really true. And I think that one of the best things our church can do is just make sure that we say to people, come come and bring your talent. Right. We'll fi- we'll figure out how to use it. Just, right. Just come. Because right, right. yeah. I'll be sixty five uh, in a few weeks, and I'm I'm thinking. I remember when my dad turned sixty five. That was it. He stopped working, and <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to. Right. I have plenty more to do, and I can still right. do it. So I'm not going to go anywhere. Right. You know, we want to keep moving forward. Different time. I, I don't. You know, they're at the gym, and people yeah. are really eating healthy. Or yeah. is it? You know, it just just seems like we are living longer and healthier and and want to remain more active. I think back to my parents, too. They really didn't volunteer anywhere and get involved in the church. I mean, mm-hmm. they would go to church, but then they would see everybody next Sunday. And I see my church where I work every day, morning, noon, and night. There are people there, and they're busy about, mm-hmm. like, look busy. God's watching, That's you right. know, but <laughs> they're doing so many wonderful things. And we just had um, a little bit of a service in the parish and it wasn't signing on the dotted line it wasn't a commitment form but where is your area of experience what do you think God has mm-hmm. given you as a charism as a gift as a talent what do you do yeah. and just to get people thinking about well I'm really good at accounting and bookkeeping right. or whatever right. it might be and then the next step eventually we're going to say is there something you feel like you could share your years of wisdom and experience with us to keep Keep our community vibrant and into the future. So it's it's just right on task with what the bishops are saying. Absolutely beautiful. You you broke the code. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, Deacon, thanks for being with us today, and we'll look forward to seeing you next month. and And have a, a blessed Advent and a happy Christmas, and we'll see you in the new year. Thank you so much, and the same to all of your listeners. God bless you all. God, God bless, bless you. you. Now. And friends, you stay where you are. Going to be back with more. Don't go away.
God gave us night and day So we could play and pray together So now let's see what's headed our way As Jim gives us the weather Alrighty, I mean it's time for our domestic church media meteorologist Jim Hoffman. Hey Jimbo, how are you? Very good, how are you? Fine, you're getting in the Christmas spirit now? We're playing some Christmas music and trying to get the uh, the spirit going? Absolutely, absolutely. What? I lo- love this time of year. I love the, seeing the lights outside when you're driving up and down the streets and the cold weather and listening to WFJS and the Christmas music. There you oh, go. Oh, fabulous. Thank you. And thank you so much. Last week, just enough snow to like cover the grass but not interfere with the driving on the roads. It was a picture postcard. Yep, that's all. I tried to uh, get just the right amount. So, You're doing um, great work. <laughs> doing great work. Good for you, Jim. Now, do you have your Christmas lights up? Yes, I, I put them up. So, you know, I had some surgery. I had my hip replaced. Right. So I, I usually do the first and the second story. So I do the, the trim, uh, you know, the icicle lights on the top of the house and then over the garage on the bottom of the house. But I can only do the first floor this year because... Yeah. I, I didn't want to chance it, you know. Oh, I, <laughs> I, don't, don't, to... I don't blame you. Well, yeah. ours are getting closer to the ground. Jim now is like lining the driveway. He doesn't chance anything. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what? I, I noticed this. I noticed this a year or two ago because I, I put them around my garage door. You know, we have a double garage. I put them around. The, and about two years ago, I suddenly realized I couldn't reach where I used to be able to reach. It's just standing <laughs> on the ground. And now I can't. Now I have to use a pole to get them up around the garage. I'm sure it has something to do with global warming. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the reason. Yeah. The yeah, gra- I was thinking, well, I mean, if your house would sink, that would have the opposite effect. Um, right. But there's I'm... no sinkhole going on. So, <laughs> so maybe the, the earth is being pushed up. Something, <laughs> is, something is awry. And I, I actually, I mentioned to my doctor in my, at my uh, physical this past summer because it, they measured me. They said I was five foot four. I said, that's like Danny DeVito height. That's yeah. <laughs> five foot four. And I was five, five, eight, I think. So anyway. You'd almost been cast in the Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, I had noticed oh, the, hair, the hair on my feet has got to be taken shape now. Anyway, listen, Jim, uh, I, I love this time of year as well. And as we get closer to the beautiful, beautiful celebration of Christmas, the weather adds to that uh, that feeling. So what do we have in store? Well, if you look outside right now, it's not very Christmassy as far as it falls in the sky. <laughs> um, so we're going to have rain. It's going to continue into tonight. It could be heavy at times. Mm. So be careful out there, especially on the roadways. You know, it could get slick. There's still some leaves out there. And you know, that... Um, Wet and leaves, not a good combination mm-hmm. on the roadway. So, um, so be careful out there. Low around 46 degrees. Saturday, the rain continues, high near 60. Saturday night, the rain ends in the evening, mostly cloudy otherwise with a low around 38. And then Sunday, we eke out a nice day on Sunday, mostly sunny, high near 46 degrees. And then just looking into next week, Sunday night, probably cloudy, low 29. And then... You know, Monday through, let's say, Tuesday night, um, we're going to have a period of, well, let's just call it inclement weather with a variety of different things falling from the sky. <laughs> um, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, we could have some, you know, rain and snow mix, rain at times, snow at times. You know, one of those New Jersey, um, you know, we're always right on the border between you know, rain and snow. So well, we'll see how that works out. But right now it looks like we could be in for maybe just a, a mix, but mostly rain. So 
just stay tuned. Just uh, make a little note of it that, uh, you know, Monday into Tuesday night, there's going to be some something inclement weather out there. <laughs> All right. There's going to be some weather out there, basically. <laughs> yeah, there'll be some weather out there. But after that, the rest of the week, you know, Wednesday on is looking fine. Yeah, because we're entering into late Advent, those late Advent days starting on December 17th. That's like, I love late Advent. Because mm. it's just yeah. it's like leading up to, to, the, to Christmas. Where the anticipation yeah. is building. All right, Jim. Well, thank you so very much for that. And uh, we appreciate all you do for us here at the Apostolate. And you and Jackie and your family have a beautiful weekend. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. God bless you. Take care. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. They're heroic and virtuous, living in sanctity. But is what went on earth? They were just like you and me. And now they're the saint of the day. Saint of the Day. Okay, time to play Saint of the Day. Do you and think Anthony would have made it into Trinity College with, the, with these audition songs? Probably, why not? They could do these. <laughs> you put four-part harmony there, like he put it all together. That that, that works. A little different style, isn't well, it? Yeah, well, it works, it works. 50 bucks, I paid him 50 <laughs> bucks for that. Uh, well, uh, today it's time to play Saint of the Day, and it's not Saint Lucy. Lucy, it's... <laughs> Lucy, you have some explaining to do. It's not Saint Lucy. It's a different saint that we've chosen to be our particular Saint of the Day. So listen to the clues, and when Cheryl reaches her last clue, she will say, this is the last clue, and then you can call in and guess who today's Saint of the Day is. And the number to call is 609, excuse me, <clears throat> 493-8255. 609-493-8255, but wait until Cheryl says this is the last clue. 609-493-8255, and now let's play Saint of the Day. So my first clue is not one provided on the sheet here, Ooh. but um, I can say it's very close to the heart of many of our uh, listeners from several years ago. <clears throat> so uh, he still remains close to our heart for a special reason. Hmm. The saint was born in northern Italy in 1881. He was one of 13 children born to a hard-working farming family. He entered the seminary in Rome and began preparing for the priesthood where he studied theology and earned a degree in canon law. During World War I, he was drafted into the Italian army and he served as a medic and chaplain on the front lines. After the war, he became a Vatican diplomat and visited Bulgaria, Greece, and Turkey. During World War II, he helped people in Turkey who had fled Nazi Germany. In 1944, he was chosen to be the papal nuncio to France. He was made a cardinal by Pope Pius XII and was later named Patriarch of Venice at the age of 71. Due to his age, many thought that this that it seemed that this would be his last appointment. But six years later, in 1958, after the death of Pius XII, this saint was elected pope. He then surprised the world by calling for an ecumenical council, the first in almost 100 years. His encyclicals Mater et Magister and Pacem in Terris stressed the importance of upholding human rights and working together for peace. This is the last clue. 609-493-8255. That's the number to call to take a guess on who today's saint of the day is. 609-493-8255.
He died in six, um, excuse me, he died in 1963, but was canonized a saint on April 27th, 2014 by oh. Pope Francis. Okay, well, I think we have a contestant. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Katie. I'm calling from Tom's River. Katie from Tom's River. Okay, Katie, what's your parish down there? Uh, St. Joe's. St. Joe's. Mm -hmm. And who do you think today's saint of the day is? Would it be St. John the 23rd? There you go. St. John the 23rd, Katie. Good job. Very good. What was the giveaway for you? You got it right. That's right. What was the clue that gave it away for you? I think I, I kind of knew right around when you were talking about Bulgaria and the papal nuncio. And stuff oh, like. and wow. So, and he did give a lot of clues, so that was really helpful. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. very good. Well, you are today's winner. It is St. Pope John Paul, St. Pope John the 23rd. And right. uh, we were, Cheryl mentioned the first clue because we were at his canonization a few years ago. So, uh, Excellent. Yeah. All right, well, I'll tell you what. You hang on. Don't hang up. I'm going to put you on hold. Sure. Cheryl's going to talk with you and, you and get your information so we can send you a fabulous prize. Oh, fantastic. Thanks so much. Thanks, Katie. God bless you. Hang on now. Don't go away. And friends, you stay where you are. We're going to come back with more Friday Live in just a bit.
Well, congratulations to Katie, who is our winner today, Saint of the Day, Saint John the 23rd. is the And her son, answer. who dialed the phone and was oh, he ready did. to jump in there. Oh, yeah. very good. good job. It, was a family, it was a family affair then. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. nice. As it should be this time of year. Absolutely. Time going much too fast, though. I know. I know. And speaking of decorations, um, are, are we going to decorate or just wait till next year? <laughs> See, if you if we had done what you, I asked you to be, let me do last year, just leave them up. Yeah. You wouldn't, right. We wouldn't have to worry well, about this. Uh, let's let's mention this. The extension cord is still out there from last in year. The, exactly where it should be to <laughs> plug everything in. When mm-hmm. I get them up, it's mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. So, I, But Jim said Sunday's supposed to be a nice day. So Sunday, I will that be will out be there. The opportunity. I'll get them out. I'll get them up. And, uh, and the extension and cord, which has for... been there since last December, will be right there for me. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be up for this year <laughs> and next year. Might as well. Time goes so quickly. I know, know? but if, you, if there comes a point, I've said I've said this before. There comes a point where if you have your Christmas decorations up and they're still up, like by June first, oh, just just leave them up. Oh, sure. Don't take them down. <laughs> just leave them up because before you know it, it's it's time to put them back up again anyway. That's right. But when I was when I was growing up, I think my father didn't put the lights up outside until closer to around Christmas. this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even um, inside. Oh, definitely. Inside, there was uh, my mother would get upset if we put them up too early. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I don't remember, but my father would tell me that when we were very little, that Santa Claus would actually put the tree up. We'd go Christmas to bed Christmas Eve. Eve, and there'd be no tree until we woke up the next morning. Then Santa would have put it up the night before. You know. Santa had a busy night. He did have a busy night. Santa had a busy night the year I was born, though, because uh, you yeah, know, you I was born the 20th. 23rd, and then I had two older sisters, so Santa was busy. Mm-hmm. Running around those uh, those uh, days in 1954. Yes. Now, did you get birthday wrapping that was Christmas paper, nope. or that they made a good I, effort to keep it all separate? I had it. I, 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 they were always very good about that. It was always a separate separate event. It wasn't just kind of people always say that. Oh, you must miss out on Christmas. I never did. My my parents were very good, and that my birthday kind of kicked off Christmas, mm. and then you know it was just like the prelude. And it was like the celebration season. That's right. So. And we do that still. I mean, we still have a birthday mm-hmm. party for me, don't we? We're having a birthday party for I'll be 65. Uh, I'll check my calendar. <laughs> what? what are you going to be 65? Yeah. Oh, boy. What are you getting me, an oxygen tank? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking something with wheels and an electronic uh, scooter. <laughs> that, that's not a bad idea. Something. Well, maybe how about a harness for this chair so I don't fall well, out? You might need a seatbelt over there. A few weeks ago, he was gone mighty quickly. I, I was down. The, the fast way down off the chair. I was down. I don't know. Well, you know, and I was. I showed you that thing I saw on TV, you know, that, that scene on TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it made sense to me. This And people, listeners and viewers, you, you, you may remember, those of you who are our age or older, remember Bob Eubanks, who was a, he hosted the newlywed game back in the 60s. A lot of those games. Those game shows. Game shows, right. And he's, he's probably now in his late 70s, and he was saying how he worked with a... a a, a training coach, and they invented this thing um, that you you stand on and helps helps older people ba- balance right. because they said that as you get older, your vision and your brain and your motor skills aren't always coordinated. So that's why older people sometimes fall down right, or right. out of their chair. <laughs> In some cases. But this was like a mild exercise of sorts to get all those parts communicating and working together again and in sync. Right. And so I thought it made sense to me. because, And I also saw one time Dick Van Dyke on, on uh, Dick Van Dyke is like 93, I think. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a thing on 
online, and it was the same type of thing, just teaching yourself to balance. Well, his problem is he drank. <laughs> he fell down because he was drinking all no, the time. No, but he's 93 years old now. So let him drink? Is that what you're no, saying? No, 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 no. I mean, that's oh. not the reason he was falling down. He's just older. Yes. You know, and not every not every old person falls down. No. But the tendency is, people do. They, the balance they, is the off. The balance is off. Right. And uh, I just thought it made sense to me that you start to, you, you, you teach yourself to balance, and there, you know, you don't have this, those, those... Uh, I remember that time was a couple of years ago when I had uh, when Charlotte was a baby, and Tori was over the house with the baby and Joseph, and I had Charlotte and I handed her back to Tori and I was in a rocking chair and I went to get out and I just kept going. You just kept going down. <laughs> just kept going forward <laughs> to the floor. Good thing you had already handed over the baby. Oh, I would I would have cuddled that. Mm-hmm. Baby would just bounce off of me. <laughs> but uh, I thought that was interesting. So yeah, sixty five. So what are you, are you having a birthday party for? Like, Special birthday party. <laughs> Don't we have to go to a song or something? <laughs> Not yet. I'm doing a song and dance here. We're taking a break in a few you minutes. Certainly so. are. Well, speaking of song and dance, although leave the dance out of it, can we make mention of the Handel's Messiah? Or oh can, yes, do that. Do you want to save because, that for the next hour? No, do that because we want to talk about that other song later on. But we had Father Butler here yesterday saying mass for us. And right, and Father Butler is from Saint John. Um, excuse me, Saint, Saint Michael's, Michael's in, in Long Branch. Yeah. Right. So let me just pull up that. They're having a Messiah sing-along. And, oh, it's tonight, it December tonight. 13th. Yeah. Aha. So what a great thing to oh, do. Oh, you know, the theme music just came on. I guess we're... Oh. Let's talk about it when we come back. Okay, so stay All right. tuned. Be back with more Friday Live. Don't go away. Hi, this is Endio, founder of the Family Policy Council with today's New Jersey Family Minute on who cares about New Jersey family values. We do. We are dedicated to preserving traditional values and restoring a virtuous society. We aim to support healthy, stable families and shed some light on the factors that work against family light in our culture. In this way, we can reverse the damaging effects of divorce, father absence, risky behavior in youth, and the decline in citizenship and moral standards. Hundreds of New Jersey business leaders, educators, and citizens share our concern. Family, it matters more than you can imagine. For more information about the New Jersey Family Policy Council, 
please call 1-800-FAMILY-1 or look up our website at www.njfpc.org. For the New Jersey Family Policy Council, this is Bob Dittmer. Like to find out more about parish events and devotions, prayer group, and school activities in your area? Then check out the Catholic Community Bulletin Board on our website. You'll find up-to-date information about events happening throughout our listening area. Go to domesticchurchmedia.org/catholicbulletinboard. If you have an event you'd like us to promote, you can post it there as well. Go to domesticchurchmedia.org/catholicbulletinboard. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to goodshop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit goodshop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's goodshop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. Goodshop.com. I was raised a Catholic and went to church every Sunday faithfully. I met a boy and he was non-Catholic, so I left the church to be with him. When I was away from church, I yearned to be home. What brought me back was my longing for the Eucharist. The Eucharist fills me with a spirit that you can't find anywhere else. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. We invite you to take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Peace be to you. What is prayer? Well, the best definition of prayer is that it is a lifting of the mind and the heart to God. To make it more simple, prayer is a dialogue. Man breaks silence in two ways. A dialogue with his fellow man and a dialogue with God. My dialogue with a fellow man is a proof that he is a person, and so am I. The same is implied in a dialogue with God. And both of these dialogues are fulfilled in the two commandments, love God and love neighbor. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hard-working people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m.
This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back, friends. Another hour of Friday Live on this December 13th, Friday in the second week of Advent, the Feast of Santa Lucia. I'm Jim. And I'm Cheryl. And this hour, we're going to go to our Sunday Gospel reading for the third sun, third Sunday of Advent already. Gaudate Sunday? Rejoice. Rejoice. The pink candle. The mm-hmm. rose-colored candle. Yes, rose. Don't say pink. No, the rose-colored candle. <laughs> and then uh, we have today, Father Gary Koch is going to do the reflection for us. And then later on this hour, we're going to be joined by Maggie Green, uh, who's written a book I think that a lot of people will get um, a lot of information from, uh, the, Saint, the Saint Monica Club, How to Wait, Hope, and Pray for Your Fallen away loved ones we should have ordered a box full of those yeah so we'll talk to maggie later on this hour also a shout out to uh jill kane jill down in uh florida watching on youtube oh hi jill she remembers i think she she moved down there yes i remember sanibel is that how you pronounce that sanibel and she we had been praying for her Mm -hmm. whether it was to sell this house or for the building of the new house with bruce Right, yeah. right, mm-hmm. and a smooth transition, and everything went very well. And she called in again with prayers of thanksgiving. So great, Jill. So she's watching so, um, on Facebook. When do you want us to come down? Just <laughs> you know, I've got my calendar handy, so All give right us a then. call. Okay. <laughs> uh, first, we'll go to our gospel reading for um, this Sunday, and uh, then Father Gary will do the reflection. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question. Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Jesus said to them in reply, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them, and blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Pennsylvania, arrived in the Soviet Union in 1940. The original plan 
that of his entering the country as part of the Vatican's mission to keep the gospel alive in the Soviet Union after the devastation of the clergy by the communist authorities had been thwarted by the German invasion of Poland in 1939. Eventually, using forged papers, Father Walter Chizik arrived in Russia and took up two tasks, ministering as a priest in the underground and working as a common laborer by day. It did not take long for the KGB to learn of his real identity and of his vocation. Beaten, tortured, brutalized, and imprisoned, Father Chizik spent 15 years in a hard labor camp in Siberia. In prison, he heard confessions and offered spiritual comfort to his fellow prisoners. Upon his release, he spent the rest of his time in various gulags of the Soviet state. He was forced to engage in manual labor and yet maintained his underground parishes. Forced to move from town to town whenever his dual role was uncovered, Father Chizik never turned away from his primary mission, that of proclaiming the gospel. His life as a tough street kid from a coal town and the life of self-discipline and hardship which he inflicted upon himself in his seminary training were a good spiritual and physical preparation for the cruelty of his treatment and his life for 23 years in the Soviet Union. Father Chizik was released in October 1963 as part of a prisoner exchange between the USA and the USSR. He spent the rest of his priestly life giving retreats, teaching, and writing. He died in 1984. His cause for canonization is under investigation in the Diocese of Allentown, Pennsylvania. Father Chizik's life is one of many thousands of examples of faithful Christians who tirelessly live in service for the gospel, enduring the most punishing of conditions. No matter where he was, and regardless of whatever the condition of life was around him, Father Chizik never ceased to proclaim the gospel. Again this Sunday, we focus our attention to St. John the Baptist. Last week we saw him boldly proclaiming the coming of the Messiah. This week, as a consequence of his provocation of the religious and political authorities in his world, we find that St. John in prison. Even though his imprisonment ends in death, John does not cease to prepare the way of the Lord. We do not know the dialogue between John and his two disciples, but we know how it ended. Apparently these two disciples were confused. John in prison, and they are not sure what to make of Jesus, so they ask John for advice. As we expect, he sends them to Jesus to ask the question, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to look for another? Jesus offers a response that only makes sense in the messianic circles of their time. The blind recover their sight, cripples walk, lepers are cured, the deaf hear, dead men are raised to life, and the poor have the good news preached to them. The disciples return to John to tell him what Jesus said, but clearly John had sent them for his benefit and not theirs. John and Father Chizik see their imprisonment and the rigors of persecution not as a personal struggle, but as an opportunity. From prison, John testified to Jesus. In prison, Father Chizik offered sacraments to people who had been deprived of them for years. For many of those people, he was the last priest they would meet for the rest of their lives. On this third and joyful Sunday of Advent, 
we see two examples of those who in great joy offered testimony to the gospel from the midst of their imprisonment. Enriched and fed by that same gospel, may we never cease to prepare the way of the Lord, moving beyond those prisons which hold us back. Well, there you go. <laughs> Mid phrase. That, that's what you get when you play the, the file, the Trinity Choir file. Oh boy, somebody somebody didn't like that one. Hmm. Well, that's okay. It wasn't the most joyous uh, Christmas carol. No. Really. Abide in me, right? Right. Abide with me. Abide with me. Or is it in me? Abide with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have something else queued up. All right. I tried Bing before, but it was like you know the Bing Crosby rap. Was, I know, it was like the remix the, version. The, skip, the, the CD was there. skipping. All of the music has gone quite awry today. Well, speaking of music, um, well, you want to mention oh, first yes, of all that, right? Oh, back to that because that's tonight right. and people might be looking for something to do. So rainy, you can't uh, drive around and enjoy the Christmas lights. You want to go inside and sing along with Handel's Messiah Part 1, I will say. It's at 7 o'clock tonight at St. Michael's Church. Sorry, I'm just trying to enlarge this. Uh, 7 p.m. St. Michael's, which is in West Long Branch. And if you have a score of Handel's Messiah, you're encouraged to bring it. But they also have scores available to borrow at the door. And there's no admission charge. It's a beautiful way to uh, enter into the Christmas story as penned by George Frederick Handel. And, of course, the, the scriptures. Cookies and caroling will follow in the lower church, so you uh, want to partake in that. But it it always amazes me that, you know, I've been a choir director for many, many years, and to get the choir to sing maybe Abide With Me in four-part harmony, there was work and some woodshedding involved to try to get it to blend. Woodshedding? Yes, well, you know, like 
It's an old term. Is it? I never <laughs> the heard blood, of it. sweat, and tears. The I wood, see. the okay. wood shutting. Like before you got to the choir term. Yeah. Before you got to the musicality, so what would sound beautiful? But how I'm always in awe of these where people walk in with their score. Like if you walked in, would you be singing the bass line throughout pages? Well, I did in high school, so I still yeah. remember a lot of it. Yeah, I some, still I don't know I don't read music, but I still remember a lot of you know having yeah. been in the chorus in, in high school, long time ago. But uh, I do I can still do some of that. We did it one didn't we do it one year at uh, when we were doing music over at the at Queen of the Universe here. A Messiah sing? No, we did you and Joseph and oh, me and, yes. and and Angela and I the four of us did did Quartet? not the whole thing. No. But a little like, bit of a cut and paste version of the of the, of hand, of the, hallelujah, the hallelujah chorus can be done. Absolutely can be. And done. I remember I mean, as we did that, I remember it all came back to me. It does. Yeah. Right. But I, I just have to say, it wasn't too long ago that I had a couple gentlemen came and uh, come by and they said, "Oh, we, we went to the Messiah sing. We, we sang all of it." And I thought, "Wait a minute! You won't learn the bass line to Christ Be Our Light. How can you tell me you're singing Handel?" And now, all do the they parts? do the whole thing? No, part one. Oh. So there's three parts. Oh. You know, like the Christmas section. This part one, the Christmas section, I guess it would be yes. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But the Hallelujah Chorus is the Easter section. It is. People don't know that. Yeah. little trivia. We use it at Christmas, but, but really... you'll see, it, it, um, and the glory of the Lord, for unto us a child is born. I like that. Yeah, we did that in high school, too, for unto us a child yeah, is born. It would come back. For those that have that sing, others may just sit and enjoy it. Others might just sing the soprano line. I don't know. I always wonder how that goes. So like, people can go and just listen. They don't have to bring a oh, score. Oh, sure. Yeah. You don't have to yeah. really partake. But people follow things like this and go after it because we have all sung it in high school. If you've been in chorus in high school. Do they do it in public schools too? I went to Catholic school. We sang it there. Would you? Were you in chorus? I, oh, yeah. Well, back then, today might be a little bit of a different story because mm. it's scriptural base. And right. You don't want to offend anyone. It's religious text. Um, you went to South River High School. Well, we sang the Hallelujah Chorus. I mean, and in many high schools, it was a tradition. You knew that that would be the closing, mm-hmm. or, you know, the closing of some some section of the concert. Yeah. I know. Well, I went to St. Peter, so we sang all that stuff. Right. Yeah, but but didn't, I, I remember one time, if, and this is not, not too, well, maybe it, was, maybe it is a while ago. You had a friend who was a teacher in a, a public school. I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah, Lisa. And she Don't give names. In. Oh, well, I'm not giving her last name. Okay. It could be any Lisa. Could be any Lisa. But she went to take on a different position, and she was in the public school, and that summer they, you know, clean out the files and start getting ready for the new school year, and he goes, you want to make sure that everything is gone, had to be thrown out, out of the building, not just in a box in the basement. That Destroyed. Destroyed any reference to Jesus, God, Anything like religious. And this Mary. came from the top, from, right. the, from the school administration right. or something? That was, it was a uh, public school, secular school, and she goes, it just ripped her heart out because she was- That has to be like 10 or 15 years ago, too. Yeah, because yeah. we would do music together yeah. at the other right. place, right. Mm-hmm. and um, she was good Catholic. So they wanted <laughs> But I think today, they'll still sneak some of this in or squeak by with it because it is classical music. It's the art, it's the masters, mm-hmm. it's history. Um, but I know it's a fine, fine line. Mm. Or if you do the some type of carol, then you have to do the, the dreidel or whatever is indicative of all the other religions so no one's left out. It's, it's, it's a little messy. Yeah, it's kind of silly. Kind of silly. Well, also, and it's tonight at St. Michael's, what time does it start? 7 p.m. <clears throat> in West 7 p.m. Long Branch. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, this happened to me when we were doing the music, and this is probably 20 years ago, 
and I used to do the Saturday night vigil mass. Mm -hmm. And someone came up during Advent and said, would you please one night at mass sing Mary, Did You Know? And I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) In your gentle, loving way. I explained that it, I said it's not. It's not. I said we really can't do that here. It's not really theological, theologically correct. Mm-hmm. And she took great offense to that that I, I wouldn't do it. Well, so many people are at the <clears throat> level that well, who cares? You know, it's a pretty song. Well, we kind of do have to care, and let's bring them into the conversation of why. Like, can can we raise their level of understanding of the scriptures? You know, can it be a teaching moment? So first of all, it is a very beautifully haunting melody. Mm-hmm. The melody is beautiful. There's nothing wrong with the melody. But the the words, and I have the words here in front of me, and I wrote this out a few years ago because someone else needed this information. You actually did a very good self-study and research on Thank this. Thank you. And so the first line is, Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Well, of course not. She didn't She didn't know that. I mean, you know, she didn't know he was going to walk on water, didn't know the specific, specific right. miracles. Um, then the lyrics continue. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. And that's the... That's the line that is a direct conflict with our teaching on the Immaculate Conception. She didn't need delivering. She did, but she had her deliverance at, at the moment of her conception. Mm-hmm. Her deliverance was that she, that, she, that she was delivered by her son's redemptive work at, um, at her, at her uh, conception, her Immaculate Conception. Um, Mary's deliverance occurred the moment that that happened, prior to Christ's birth, just as the church has always taught. The song... Uh, gives a different and incorrect time frame. The lyrics that say, did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This erroneously applies that Mary's being made new occurred after his birth. Mm -hmm. And the next verse promotes the same incorrect idea, but even more so, the child that you delivered will soon deliver you. The words will soon indicate a future action indicating Mary's deliverance redemption had not yet taken place, but will occur at some future point after Jesus is born thus promoting the heresy which says that Mary was a sinner just like everyone else. So that was the, that was the big I think that was the, the big issue. Part of it. But a few yeah. other things too. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Did you know that your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Again, she would not had no way have known what specific miracles he would have performed. Did now this one. Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Well, when the angel at the Annunciation said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Mm. So Gabriel told her. So yes, she did know. Mm. So the question, the song is questioning, did you know these things? Well, yeah, she did. Um, The angel told her. And then again, continuing with, Specific miracles, did you know that the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will rise? Well, she didn't know specific miracles again. Um, Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? This sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. And then a quote, I wrote down a quote from Luke 1, 31 to 33. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, 
and of his kingdom there will be no end. And then the song ends, oh, Mary, did you know? And I always say, she knew. Mm-hmm. So she knew. So, but the big thing was the, the the baby will soon deliver you. And we we believe that Our Lady was delivered by her son at the moment of her conception, mm-hmm. prior to his birth, obviously. Right, right. So that's why we can't do that song, especially at Mass. Right. Um, you might see it sneak in some some places in in in, in like concert concerts or, or something. Yeah. But you know, there's I'm sure there are other. Uh, well, I don't know. I, didn't, I haven't really evaluated every Christmas carol, but but this one specifically does con- conflict with the church's teaching on the Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why we don't. He- you won't hear it here. You won't, and you won't hear it at mass. <laughs> no, you won't hear it. I guess stage. you know at a concert you're thinking, <clears throat> okay, people aren't going to dig that deep. That they're not going to take it such a literal t- translation. Right. But it's not in the hymnals, I'm sure. Right? Is it? No, no. no, nobody's putting that in the hymnal. No. No. It was written probably as just as a secular just as a, Christmas song, right? You know. Or to play on the radio at Christmas or something. Yeah. So when people add now, I'm sure there are people who didn't know that. So hopefully we've educated you a little Put a bit. Put a little light on the topic. It's just <laughs> to shed a little light on that. But they ask for every year. Oh, you should do that one because you know they just hear it. Are they truly listening? Are they looking at all the lyrics? Mm-hmm. They just hear it and it's gentle and it's loving and a, you know, like you said, a beautiful melody yeah. and maybe some lovely harmonies or orchestration arrangement. However, it's done. They see the choir and think, oh, you would do such a great job with that. We had a guitar group that used to do it all the time. I don't know how they. That was before I was there, but they oh, used didn't to do you? it. Oh, really? Yeah. You put a kibosh on that? I certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> well, just the, again, the first time I heard it, we were watching, it was a PBS Christmas special or something. Right. And it was some uniformed um, baritone that was singing, and beautiful, and, and you know, but just the whole, the, the title, Mary, did you know? Yeah, she, Gabriel told her. Yeah. <laughs> she, sure she knew. Gabriel told her that she was going to be the mother of the son of God. Gabriel right. told her that he was the son of the most high. So, yes, she knew. So the whole premise of the song. Mm. just didn't sit well with me the first no. time I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> he already started flipping through it. Wait a <laughs> no, I said at the end, I said, she knew, she knew. What are you saying? What are you asking the question for? Of course but she he knew. finished the song and that was that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it is a pretty song and, and uh, melody-wise. And uh, so don't, don't, get, don't write letters. <laughs> We're just trying to explain a little bit. Just trying to explain. So I'm what else is happening around the diocese? Um have you gotten any word on those Christmas carol festivals? I don't think they have them anymore. No, I guess not. I don't, I don't when believe the they... one gentleman who used to uh, really t- took that yeah, didn't by we decide storm, he lives up in New England now or something? And he moved away. Uh, maybe nobody picked up that. Let me call check the and... board. I'll check the board here. Mm-hmm. What's today? Thirteenth tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, it seems to me this special weekend. mass tomorrow for the anointing of the sick. This is going to be at. I'm going right to the Domestic Church Media website and the bulletin board. St. Rosa Belmar, uh, cohort 19, tomorrow, 10, 11 a.m., uh, sponsoring a special mass for the anointing of the sick, all parishioners from the seven, uh, says the seven cohort 19 parishes mm. and worship sites are invited and encouraged to attend. Everybody you... else is welcome to bring a friend and family. So tomorrow, 11 o'clock, St. Rose in Belmar, and that's 603 7th Avenue in Belmar. Great. And a healing mass at 11 a.m. Or heal, healing, I'm sorry, healing uh they call it healing services. Is that what they're calling it? Anoint mass. I'm sorry, mass for the anointing of the sick. Mm-hmm. It is a mass. Very nice. As you're heading into the last week of Advent, 11 a.m. And then let's see if there's anything happening next week leading up. Oh, oh, a lessons in carols. Oh, 
Aha, it made it. Is that you? Sunday <laughs> evening, if maybe that's mine. It Sunday is. evening. Oh, yeah, you're, this is called Cheryl. Why didn't you announce this? <laughs> 7 p.m. I forgot. Is that so Sunday? Did I know this that? Coming, this coming Sunday, hmm. 7 o'clock, St. Magdalene de Pazzi, we bring in um, another choir who they, they'll practice all semester and have a program. Not like my choir. Every week we're rehearsing for Sunday and looking ahead to Christmas. This choir specifically, you know, will practice for months and then go do several programs at different locations. Mm-hmm. So they are coming. They're called Aura Polyphonica. It was uh, an out branch of Rutgers University people that were um, there as students and in the music program and then graduated and moved on, but they still wanted to continue singing together. Mm-hmm. So they have a wonderful director, Tim Smith, and he's bringing the uh, very um, you know, high-rated English lessons and carols to our parish on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. So that's 105 Mine Street in Flemington where they'll read a scriptural passage, maybe Isaiah or Luke, and then there's a a choral piece to reflect it, or maybe congregational carol. And then we'll follow with, uh, we have all these trees that are ready to be lit outside on the parish grounds. So we'll have a grand illumination and then retreat for cookies and hot cocoa, sponsored by the Knights. Thank you, Knights, and youth group. So it's a nice collaborative effort. I would come, but I'm putting up the Christmas lights on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't fall off the ladder. I'm not going to be there to catch you. I do stand on the ladder. Mm. I had to stand on the ladder in our chapel the other day because one of the lights blew out. I was a little shaky, but I figured the Lord's in there. He'll take care of me. You better start carrying around a ladder if it's 5'4". <laughs> My goodness. My Danny DeVito. Keep it in your car. <laughs> and one more thing happening next week uh, on Thursday, December 19th, right here at um, Immaculate Conception Parish in Trenton, 540 Chestnut Avenue of the... Um, Father Alphonse and the Orchestra of St. Peter by the Sea Christmas Concert. Oh, I say that again. I have to write it down. You know who they, you know Father Alphonse and the Yes, and everyone speaks so <clears throat> highly and I've yet to see them. Well, they're giving a Christmas concert uh, uh, next Thursday the 19th, 7:30 p.m. at Immaculate Conception Parish Church in uh, Trenton, 540 Chestnut Avenue. It's uh, $30 for a ticket, 25 for seniors. Mm. I get a discount. Um, Forty dollars if the ticket is purchased at the door. Wow! So it's our, on our bulletin board, domesticchurchmedia.org. Okay. Look it up. That's Go so close to, to Christmas. Yeah. So that should be nice. Yes. Uh, it's a full orchestra. It is. Really. They've been around for years. <clears throat> Didn't they used to play down at the Point Point Pleasant? Right. I think for it was the um, on an un- for the uh, assumption. the assumption, right? and they would play on the, in the pavilion. Yeah. On the or beach. Or they there. have a mass. A mass in the pavilion. Right. So that's yes, another those Christmas. Those are always excellent. Another Christmas event you can Although Thursday, I know that I'll be having a choir rehearsal. Ah, I am sorry about okay. that. Well, I'll tell you, we'll take a break, come back. We're going to be joined by um, Maggie Green and the book she's written, The St. Monica Club How to Wait, Hope, and Pray for Your Fallen Away Loved Ones. So it should be very interesting. We'll talk with Maggie in just a bit. We're going to go to a little Christmas music now. Be back in just a moment. Don't go away.
There you go. There's your Trinity Choir. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. That's right. You know, I've been mentioning um, the past couple of weeks we were getting all those wonderful prayer requests back from our listeners. And uh, I'm going to say one out of every three prayer requests that comes in comes from a, a person who says, please pray for my adult children, my grandchildren, other family members Honestly. to come back to the church. And uh, we want to welcome to the program right now Maggie Green, who's written a book called The St. Monica Club, How to Wait, Hope, and Pray for Your Fallen Away Loved Ones. Maggie, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. And uh, we're really looking forward to hear um, to hear more about the book and the advice that you give. This has to be one of the largest clubs in the Catholic Church today. Yeah, and it's a club that nobody wants to be a member of. Exactly. I mean, you wake up one day and you think, what did I do wrong? How did I mess up? Should I have prayed more? Should we have gone to this Mass? You weigh everything you've ever done against this and feel, honestly, if you're a parent like you've you failed Catholicism. Mm-hmm. You didn't, but you feel like it. Well, right? that's that's a question. You know, I, 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 we've been reading all types of statistics and studies. The Pew Research Center put out a, a, a survey result a month or two ago that is said that Christianity is on a steep decline in uh, this country, as well as you know, in, in our church. We hear the numbers every year when they do their October counts and whenever the diocese do them. The numbers continually go down, and so this is affecting—I'm sure there's not one person listening right now who has not been affected one way or another. I'm certain that's so, Um, but, you know, we're a church of hope, and so we're not about numbers. We're about reaching individuals, and if each of us reaches out to those that we know, um, we will grow the the city of God. So, Maggie, maybe just share with our listeners, again, the book is called The St. Monica Club, <clears throat> How to Wait, Hope, and Pray for Your Fallen Away Loved Ones. It's published by Sophia Institute Press. What is what what is the book about? How do you Who are you writing, writing it for, and what, what issues are you addressing? Okay. Um, it's written really for those who are mourning that somebody they love has left, left the faith. And there's many reasons why people leave the faith as there are people. But if you take your faith seriously, it really hurts. It's an open wound. Your heart is pierced because this is, you know, this is the way, the truth, and the light. You know this is where happiness and joy and truth and peace are. This is where you get the sacraments. Everything about our faith, we want to gift to those that we love. And it's a rejected gift. Mm. And it's a great pain. It's a great wound. And so, you know, do you argue? Do you, you know, draw a line in the sand? How do you discuss things like coming coming to home for Christmas? How do you deal with these people that you truly love? Um, you know, you start to feel the real pain of the idea that he who loves me will have to reject his mother, reject his father, you know, or daughter, or son, and that's an unbearable cry of the heart. And so how do you reconcile that you absolutely love these children with the fact that you are absolutely devoted to your faith? And what I I would say is that this is a series of meditations and reflections um, to help accompany the adult who's mourning the loss of a loved one to the world, shall we say, and how they can pray and honestly wait and hope for their fallen away loved ones and maintain a relationship with those who have 
in some way rejected the faith. Well, again, you know, for those of us who are parents, and, and there's somebody out there who, who listen, you know, one of the, the great danger zones, I guess, is when you send your kids off to college. That seems mm, to be yes. a, that seems to be the, the big one when, when they come back without anything. Um, but it isn't just for those individuals whose children have left the faith. It's for any loved one, a spouse even, or, or someone very right. close, right? Oh, absolutely. No, it's for, you know, if you hold your faith seriously and you love the people around you, the fact that they don't share that is a pain. It is a sorrow. And um, for those who don't know who St. Monica is, she's the mother of St. Augustine, and she prayed for 17 years for his conversion. But she also converted her husband and her mother-in-law in the course of her lifetime through her prayers, through her piety, through her kind works and her patience. And we know about her only through St. Augustine's eyes, but um, he's a pretty credible source. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, you, you did mention, and, and this is, a, a, I would assume, a very natural um, uh, emotion when a parent regarding their child who has a grown child or, uh, you know, teenager, whoever le- left the faith, tends to feel guilty. What did I do wrong? How, do, how, did I, how could I have done this better to keep them in the faith? How, 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 do you, how does this person avoid feeling guilty? in those situations? Well, well, I don't know that you can avoid at least doing some hand-wringing because it's a natural response to any time you're, as, as a parent, you're going to armchair quarterback your life with respect to how you raise your children, no matter what happens. But towards that end, you have to read a lot for the um, pesky issue of free will. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, <laughs> you know, God made a perfect world, and his kids said, you know what? We're going to go that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so you know, I, I look at it, chalk it up to we are fallen creatures, raising fallen creatures, and our job is to, in the words of St. Bernadette, inform, not convince. You know, too, also we hear a lot about parents who struggle when those children who have left the church and then as they get older and enter into a, a relationship uh, with a, and get married— who maybe decide, the children decide they're getting married outside the church, they don't want to be married in the church, and then there's that issue, that struggle, you know, about can I attend, should I attend, and it just creates so much uh, um, tension and and division within uh, the family situation. Uh, A lot of anxiety and stress, most definitely, Mm. yes. So the book will help people deal with that anxiety and stress, how to, to, I mean, how how did Monica do it? (laughs) <laughs> well, um, it was through prayer and through um, she maintained a relationship with her son, even when he was doing things about which she devoutly disapproved. He was living with a woman. He had a child with that woman. He um, practiced an apostasy that she absolutely, you know, she did not agree, you know, she a heresy, and she was upset about it, and she would consult bishops. She would ask other people to pray for her son. She would ask other people to talk to her son that she thought he might listen to. I mean, she, but she spent 17 years in tears and prayers and service, but maintaining all the time the relationship with him. And it was an authentic relationship. There's a, a little account that St. Augustine gives um, where you know, she had had a vision that where a, a luminous figure told her that her son would be with her not to despair. And she told this to her son and said, Augustine said, well, you could be with me if you would just drop all of this, you know, religious, this, you know, faith business. And she explained that to him immediately. 
the vision wasn't that I would be with you. Mm. The vision was that you would be with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good point because I think when when these things happen, to maintain a relationship with your loved one doesn't mean you're condoning them in their decision or condoning their if, if they're living a, as Augustine was a sinful life. But there is that I, I can't imagine we having three grown children not having any type of relationship with them, even if they were in that situation. Mm-hmm. Right, that would be a greater agony than even this not to have any connection. Um, and so the first place I would tell anyone who is experiencing this pain to go is, honestly, go to Our Lady. Go to Our Lady and ask St. Monica to pray with you and to pray for you, um, along with the Blessed Mother, and start pulling down the, knocking on the doors of the saints and asking for their intercessions on your behalf. And we have to be um, as willing to, I'm quite willing to nag heaven, Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really glad that God does not get tired of our petitions because I've got lots of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's what I would tell um, anybody. That's the first place you go. The second place you go is to really looking at your relationship with this person um, and how do you love them and why do you love them and in what way do you love them. So if this is your child, look back at the whole life of them and remember that before they could speak, you loved them. Mm-hmm. Before they could do anything, you loved them. And that love is still there, and your job is to grow that love. Mm-hmm. And that means inviting them over for dinner, spending time with them, doing things that, you know, allow you to share, um, have shared experiences, and inviting them to participate in the ordinary part of your life, which would include, of course, moments that reveal your faith, like Christmas and Easter. Or, you know, if a brother or sister is going to be confirmed and whatnot. And um, so that would be the the second thing I would do is just make sure you really work on developing that friend, that relationship um, authentically um, in all the areas where you can. And that's always my go-to, Maggie, as I'm flipping through the book um, and one of the chapter titles, it says, The Rosary is Your Best Tool. And... Uh, Again, we're not in this alone, parents. You know, when you do have the Blessed Mother on your side and you can, as you say, Maggie, knock on the doors of the saints. I love it. Um, They hear from me a lot, too. And in this way, you are taking care of yourself so you can continue the strength of maintaining that relationship and silently, you know, being a good witness of the gospel and um, that eventually they, they may come around or they might ask a question or they'll think back and have memories of when they were younger and things you used to do as a family, whether it was going to church or visiting a shrine, their own sacraments. You know, when you talk about other people in the family, it's just to go on as normal and that this is a part of our life. And we're not shoving it down their throat, and, and we're not lecturing, but this is part of who we are as Catholics. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, to keep that door open that one day they will come and be with us, not we leave anything to go be with them. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's exactly it. And um, if you need, you know, you know, go and bone up on the catechism just for your own sake to make sure that you're doing everything right. Go to receive the sacraments to strengthen your own self. Right. But you need to understand that you're not going to go into, like, mental combat with them about why they've left the church or do a document dump on them of here 
all the papers that show why you're wrong. Because yeah. I've yet to meet the person converted by argument. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> right. We're talking with Maggie Green, and the, and the book is called the Monica, Satan Monica Club, published by uh, Sophia Institute Press. It's sophiainstitute.com. Maggie, is the book just for the Monicas or also the St. Augustines? Well, I certainly, um, I think it's definitely for the St. Augustines, too, because it might reveal to the St. Augustines um, the, the, the reality of what St. Monica's of us, the St. Monica members believe, hope, and, and know. And I can't see that it wouldn't um, be a source of at least help build some understanding. And this obviously is written, and I did mention to the listeners as I'm reading the notes here that this is a Maggie Maggie Green is a pen name for you. You do have you have yourself have experienced this in your life. I I, I do have children that wrestle with God, um, and that was part of the reason why I opted for a pen name was so that they could continue on their faith journeys um, without having to. You know, they didn't ask for their their mom to be a writer. And so <laughs> Good move. It, it would be it would be unjust to them to uh, allow the scrutiny of the world that does not necessarily love them um, when they're on their faith journey. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's it's a it's a much needed book. Again, friends, the title of the book is called The Saint Monica Club, and we've been talking with the author Maggie Green. It's published by Sophia Institute Press, and their website is sophiainstitute.com. Uh, Maggie, thank you so much for for uh, writing the book and for sharing it with us and being with us here today. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. God thank bless you. you. Have blessed Advent and a happy Christmas. God bless you, and and certainly we'll keep your family in prayer as the journey continues. That one day we can all be united together with our Father in heaven. Amen. 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 Thanks. Thank you. God bless you. All right, friends, you stay where you are. Going to take a break. Be back with more. Don't go away.
Okay, that was the what Trinity. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I wake you up? <laughs> uh, wake me up when it's over. Did I wake you up. <laughs> I was enjoying that. You know, they achieve such a beautiful, soothing blend. Now I we're getting get a we're getting it. a lot of very nice feedback on the Christmas music. You know, you're getting questions all the time, and I, mean, I, I know, need, need so. to explain that it really is all. Not today, because we're playing it per track, but but the music that we play in the morning and, and now during the day, it's all computer-generated, so I don't really know what what was played at what time. I just right. the computer does it, so we don't... So to explain, if you back up for just a second, I used to upload all that music, and of course, I have my closet back there with probably 600 CDs, if not more, and it would be the process of selecting and I would keep a chart and you would chart it you know and, and somebody could call and say oh what was that song you played this morning in 8 30 well I put that together and I knew which CD it was because I owned it da, da, da. but now since the hacking and that we lost all that music now the quickest way possible for us to get a bunch of music on is now, I just I just let I get you know particular yeah I just let it run and record it and then I just slice it up and put it together right so now if I I got to be honest I could if I took the time I could write down every single song and know what's in every single set but I don't I just let it run and then I just put it put it on the air because right. I, I don't have the time to do that right um, and you you're, what can you're, you compare it to like what I would compare it to is Pandora where you say play classical Christmas carols or play traditional or any Christmas of those hymns. any of those yeah it's it's like that it's any any like of the, a just, it just it just plays it just it's, it just it's a it plays automatically so and you'll get any artist and there's thousands of artists that are covering these beautiful yeah Christmas so now hymns. I you know obviously we're playing I'm playing off a particular specifically CD here, selected yeah, type of thing yeah. that I know is the Oxford Trinity Choir but. Um, so that's why we can't do that. And I would like to. I got an email from someone in North Carolina the other day oh. who said I tuned in to, I thought, waiting for Father John Ricardo at 8 o'clock in the morning. Right. And um, first of all, I was happy that she was listening from North Carolina. And she yes. knew, so she's a regular listener from North Carolina. But um, but she said, I heard beautiful music. And she said, Could you tell me what it was and who it was? And I, I wrote back and said, I just explained it just the way I did here right. that it is computer generated. I don't really know. We could. I mean, I, I have, we have, I think now we have like 35 or 40 different sets, 28 minute sets, where if someone sat down and listened, but we don't know who the artists are necessarily. So that's it. Mm-hmm. We could tell you what the, the hymns are, the carols. Yeah. But people are enjoying it, I think, because I, I don't listen to the other stations, but but I know that they're, they're not playing this stuff. No, and it's a very <laughs> narrow field of, of a playlist. You'll hear the same songs cycle and recycle. On other, other stations. Yeah, from yeah. Grandmother. What is Ma- it? Grandma, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. And that, that Mariah Carey wailing thing, whatever oh, that, yeah. that thing is. But, you know, Jingle Bell Rock and all that. It's, it's I just. I have a blue <laughs> Christmas. It's just the same 16 or 24 songs over and over and over. And it's like, I'm just done with it. Yeah. But so people are there. That's personal taste. They're enjoying the, the uh, I think they, lo- they like the, tradi- the, the traditional carols because it just, it's very soothing and it's very, very. It speaks of uh, what It speaks Christmas of what, what it's is. all about. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep doing that. Now, tomorrow, uh, we'll have two hours of music in the morning from 10 to 12. Then we'll, this program will repeat uh at noon, and then uh, at four o'clock, I'm going to put another set on. So, Great. and Sunday, your program um, it didn't air when it should have the first week in December. It is an Advent program. Okay. So that's going to air Sunday at two. Yeah. Uh, we'll also have music Sunday morning, uh, Christmas music, and then next week, kind of kick it up a notch, and mm-hmm. uh, we're pre- we will preempt some regular programming to put the Christmas music on, but the regular programming will come back January second. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. It's not off for good. And then what we do is, uh, leading up 
into late Advent, and then especially Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, all Christmas music, except for those liturgies from Rome, from EWTN, Washington. from, from Washington, mm-hmm. uh, and the Holy Father's Orbi at Urbi message, uh, Urbi at Orbi message. And then Christmas week, we're going to play. We're going to play Christmas music all Christmas week because Why within not? the octave. Mm-hmm. Everybody else shuts it off <laughs> and, and they go back to the regular yeah. fair. We're just we're just getting started. So uh, you I think know. it's beautiful background to whatever you're doing at home, whether you're driving, baking, decorating your tree. Right. Or just you know, tomorrow. I figured I'd put it on 10 to 12 figure. People are out shopping or mm-hmm. you know doing running errands, maybe yeah. getting the house decorated. Put it on the background then tomorrow afternoon. And then Sunday, we'll again kick it up a notch for the third week of Advent. Uh, and uh, and the fourth week of Advent is very short. Very short. A couple days. Very right? short, yeah. Because Christmas, what is Christmas? A Wednesday? A Wednesday. So, and the fourth Sunday of Advent is that Sunday. So it's, we're talking. A couple days. Although there was a year, a couple of years ago, where the fourth Sunday the fourth Sunday of Advent was a day, right? right? It was Christmas Eve. Right. I <laughs> half that. a day. It was All half a day. Well. Oh, my gosh. So. I, think I, I lived in my office for four days straight. It was horrible. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're going to head on out of here. Again, thanks to everybody for uh, being with us today. Thanks to Deacon Anthony. Thanks to Maggie Green. Thanks to Jim Hoffman. Uh, thanks Katie, who called Katie, in. our winner and the saint of the day. And all the, thanks for all of you who are writing such nice comments, too. We really appreciate that. Yes, it means a lot. it's great to hear from you. And if we can ask you to continue to keep in prayer our uh, good friends, daughter, young Maria, who's Maria. now at CHOP. She's at the hospital, yeah. We are praying. So we'll keep you posted on that. Okay, have a great weekend. I'll be with you on... Oh, Bruce is here Monday. Weather permitting. Weather permitting. <laughs> weather permitting. We'll watch that weather. And I'll be here on Tuesday. We'll be back next Friday, I guess. Okay. God bless you. Have a beautiful weekend.